Welcome back to Assistive Technology and Special Education Law. This is Episode 4, Assistive Technology Cases and Principles of Case Law. If this is your first time joining us, don't forget to catch up with other episodes in the series. Some of the principles I think we see from the case law are, first, failure to evaluate a student's need for assistive technology may represent a denial of the right to a free, appropriate public education. Just that failure to evaluate, and students have received compensatory education for that failure. Second, failure to incorporate recommended assistive technology in the student's IEP may represent a denial of of the right to a free appropriate public education. So districts need to be very careful when they get an evaluation with um, a lot of assistive technology recommended in it and they don't have an evaluation of their own that says it's not needed. Um, that evaluation and those recommendations may really create a situation in which the district will be ordered to provide what was recommended. Another principle is that the the school district may not limit the use of assistive technology to the classroom. They can't have a general policy that they will not allow the student to take the device outside the classroom or take it home. And um, finally, that assistive technology may prevent unnecessarily restrictive placements. A question. Do you think, Judy, do you think that this is part of the reason why schools seem oftentimes very hesitant to even seek an evaluation for assistive technology for a child? Yes, I do. Um, And I think the um, most school districts here in Pennsylvania that I have uh, uh, encountered use the SET process, which is not really an evaluation, it's an action planning process, and it's not done by the IEP team, it's done by some other group of people within the school. And it may result in the acquisition of appropriate devices, and it may result in in good services, but that accountability to the IEP team process is really what's missing in that process, and I think that's why that's why districts are, are reluctant to formally uh, refer the student for assistive technology evaluations. First, I'd like to talk about some cases uh, about evaluations. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the first case is a very simple one. Christopher was a student who had difficulty with written language and paper and pencil tasks. And the, the case went to a hearing over the issue of whether the district should have evaluated his need for assistive technology. And the hearing officer and appeals panel said yes, his needs were quite obvious and awarded 270 hours of compensatory education just for the failure to consider his assistive technology needs. And as a result, in addition to the compensatory education, the district was ordered to provide a computer for Christopher's use until he graduated or ceased to reside in the district. Um, But they did not have to give him a computer and voice-to-text software that he would personally own. And that's another, I guess I should have identified that as a principle, that is the limit of the district's responsibility. They don't have a responsibility 
to actually buy a device for the student to to have and keep. Another evaluation case concerned Jenna, who was deaf, and moved to Pennsylvania from another state, and she had received assistive technology there. And after she moved to the district, the district just didn't bother to reevaluate her, but just reviewed the paperwork and concluded that she really didn't need assistive technology services. And the hearing officer ruled that the district had violated Jenna's right to a free appropriate public education by just concluding that she didn't need assistive technology. They should have evaluated her first. Very interesting case involved a student named Caitlin who had spinal muscular atrophy and the school district, again, failed to conduct an assistive technology evaluation. And the hearing officer ordered a com comprehensive evaluation that must make specific recommendations about equipment, materials, and software. So that was really a powerful result. And it didn't um, end there because the hearing officer also ordered the district to actually provide the assistive technology that Caitlin needed and said this could include a computer, printer, modem, internet access, and software for her use at home, as well as training for Caitlin, her parent, and the district staff. And the school district had to provide 450 school days of compensatory education for the failure to evaluate Caitlin, bearing in mind that a year is 180 days, that's really a lot of compensatory education. Uh, Gregory's case um, was about a middle school student whose parent had specifically requested an assistive technology evaluation and never got it. The school district conducted a record review and referred Gregory for the set process. And a team of teachers and administrators, not the IEP team, met and decided to try out a laptop and Kurzweil software, which is, um, they, we haven't explored it yet specifically, but I think some groups will be. Um, we're going to be talking about it a little bit more, but it's a very powerful piece of um, instructional technology, actually, that can do many, many things to assist students. It can do voice-to-text, text-to-voice, and do a number of other things. Well, Gregory had a severe uh, reading disability. He was a very bright student um, who had dyslexia, and so he was using it for um, text-to-voice output, primarily, to read. And he used the laptop for 30 days, and the district decided to return it. Um, I think they said he was pushing the CD player in and out. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm covering my yeah, head. He was 13. <laughs> um, and um, he was only allowed to use the Kurzweil software in the special education resource room where he was for about an hour a day. And the staff were supposed to collect data on what he did with the Kurzweil device, but they really didn't. They just took a few notes here and there.
So his case went to a hearing, and one of the big issues was the adequacy of the district's evaluation process. And the hearing officer held that the set process was adequate, that that was okay. But the appeals panel reversed and held that if you just apply the regulations on what an evaluation is and what you need to look at in terms of assistive technology, the set process really doesn't doesn't pass muster. So the appeals panel held that um, that the school district had never actually evaluated Greg's needs for assistive technology. This concludes today's episode of Assistive Technology and Special Education Law. We hope this program has been helpful to you and welcome your comments. Please join us for other episodes in the series.